Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 55 of the Weekly Weekly Podcast. Thank you very much for uh, joining us and for all your support during the week and uh, the week before and all that. We had Bernadette Morland on last uh, week talking about music therapy and all things music really. It was basically just a music special but uh, it was really fun and it was good to learn about music therapy and, and uh, the options that people have if they, they feel that they want to go down that route rather than the kind of sterile uh, therapy that you know I've been through and, and things like that and um, the live and joyful Instagram thing is still rolling on just keep an eye out for that we always put it up the night before we do it um, we did, I'm recording this on the Saturday so we did it last night with uh, with Kieran so have a look back uh, it was a bit it's a bit of fun and everybody enjoyed uh, Kieran's enthusiasm for his art uh, I think people get a bit of a kick out of that anyway when they hear someone talking about things that they love and they're very uh, you know enthusiastic about it but um yeah, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, so my guest today is a personal trainer and a fat loss specialist, and his name is Drew Hennessy. How are you doing, Drew? How are you, Derek? Thanks for having me on, man. You're very welcome. Um, uh, I I I was meant to say it to you actually before we start recording. I, I nearly uh, yeah. I came into a bit of a run in with a with a wheelie bin this morning. Um, I had we we use a, a wheelie bin to bring turf across from the far shed. And I don't know what it was like in Dublin, but down here now this morning, it was like that that real crappy snow that's kind of turned into a mush, you know, that, it's, yeah. and it's really slippy. It's And yeah. uh, I couldn't get the bin up, and it, it started to come towards me, so I had to push it the other way to save myself, and uh, it's a bit of a nightmare. And it was really, you know, you only get in a bit of a mood over su- trivial little things. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was, yeah. you know. Um, not a good start. <laughs> not a good start, but I'm, I'm good now, and I have the heater beside me and ready to go. So listen, um, Drew, tell us... Uh, a short history of your upbringing, please. Sure. Okay. So, well, obviously, my name is Drew Hennessy. Um, I am 39 years of age. I'm 40 next month, which is scary. Um, but, yeah, so I was brought up in Pomarnock. And I actually lived in Spain for a year. My mom came home. I mean, um, we moved back over to Spain. They were living over there for a few years. So, um, but we only lasted another year over there. So we came home. So grew up in Pomarnock, went to school in Pomarnock, uh, went to secondary school in Malahide. Um, grew up, and again, I think we're going to cover this, I grew up like with uh, a very bad stammer, uh, which I've since controlled. It's never gone. Uh, and you'll we'll probably find during this, it depends on how it goes and how I feel. I've got to kind of do something before I did this. I've got to do a lot of... Uh, but not a lot, some breathing stuff and some visualization stuff to kind of say, oh, because for me doing something like this, or I've got my own podcast or speaking as a living, this would have been near impossible back in the day when I had like a bad stammer. So, and it never goes like a stammer can't be cured, uh, it can be controlled. And I have it very much under control a lot of the times. Some of the times it's, it's pretty bad, um, depending on my. You know, again, sleep has effect on it, how I feel. Uh, and obviously we'll get into a little bit on mental health going forward. But when I'm feeling down and not feeling great, everything goes, confidence goes in myself, but also goes, speaking is, and this might sound crazy, but speaking for someone with a stammer is about confidence. Mm. If you have a bad day of talking, then the first thing in your brain is like, I'm going to stammer, I'm going to stammer. And then you get agitated and fucking pissed off about it. But... Um, so yeah, I grew up with the stammer. Like the biggest thing about growing up with a stammer is uh, is back in the day I didn't know what it was. I now understand that I was extremely anxious and mm. suffered pretty bad with anxiety. And um, 
going to school, you know, like thinking or being been asked for been asked to breed in school was like the worst thing that you could ever ask because no matter how how good your speech was, as soon as you're asked to speak in front of thirty people and you know that the majority of them are gonna laugh or fucking yeah. snigger when you can't fucking say a single word. So that was horrendous. So like now I know it, it was anxiety because it was a knot in your stomach and you'd nearly kind of sweat and I just thought it was nerves, but that kind of built up into like a, a long period of time um, when I was a kid and a teenager of being anxious. You know, I wasn't a very kind of quiet kid. It could have been like if my sense of humor and like if you speak sort of a pretty, a pretty funny sense of humor, I kind of like to have a laugh all the time. But if I was a quieter kid, it would affect me a hell of a lot more. I know people who are very much um, a lot quieter than I was. And it really affects you. You do. You become like an introvert. Like like I liked spending a lot of time on my own because I knew I wasn't going to get anxious. I wasn't going to get stressed because I didn't have to talk to someone, you know. So, um, so yeah, growing up with a stammer, as I said, uh, I started exercising and uh, getting into the gym when I was like 16. Mm. Um, and back then, that was like 20, 20, Jesus, that was 23 years ago. That's mental. 20, that was 23 years ago. And back then, fitness was not cool when you were 16 years of age. Um, it's now, it's the opposite. And I used to work in public gyms and like if you at 16, 17, 18, if you're not training, you're not cool. 23 yeah. years ago, I had to like hide and lie to my friends that I was going to the gym because you would be absolutely, yeah, you know, you'd be absolutely fucking ridiculed. You'd be called all sorts because you were taking pride in yourself and you were going to the gym. You'd be called this and called that. So I used to have to like leave the green when we were playing football or hanging around the shops and during the day because I found going to the gym was a huge just again it was I was on my own I didn't have to talk to people I was feeling good I was I was probably and again back then like you, you know you've got so many hormones going on you don't know what kind of thing but now thinking back it was that little bit of an outlet for me because I'd feel good and I didn't have to be in an environment where I'd have to speak or mm. I might find that I stammer. So, yeah, so got into the gym when I was 16 and loved it. Like, absolutely loved it. And was still playing football. But the gym was, like, my thing. And then I wasn't amazing in school, to be honest. I just just about passed my leaving cert, scraped it. Um, and then I was like, right, I need to do something with fitness. And I got into did like sports and leisure management course in, in Chicago for two years. Then I went on and did um, a gym instructor, personal trainer course in DCU and then did some nutrition courses and kind of really kind of went on from there, you know, but it's, um, it became a passion. It became something that I really, I was really, really interested in. And then when you start actually working with people, it was like, okay, I like to make people happy and feel good and kind of, the job satisfaction is incredible because you know I like to call and I know you said at the start and it's absolutely fine that I'm a personal trainer. I used to call myself a personal trainer. I call myself now kind of a personal coach because okay. personal trainer people just think of the training aspect of it. It's like okay, I'll go to the gym to my personal trainer. They'll smash me for an hour. I'll come out and and that'll be it. 
Mm. You know, uh, there's a lot more to kind of personal coaching or personal training to ju- just that hour in the gym. So, yeah, so uh, a big kind of thing I focus on now is trying to change people's lifestyle, mindsets, health, as well as getting them in shape. Like years ago, I was just a personal trainer. I got people in shape. I didn't really, not saying I didn't care how I got them in shape, but I, like, they came to me to get it to, to, to good shape. And that's all we focused on. Yeah. Getting them into shape. Very hard diets, very intense training. Yes, I got them amazing results, but was I looking a lot deeper than that? No. Yeah. You know, I look a lot deeper now. So, like, the first question I ask someone as soon as they come into my gym, I say, why are you here? Why do you want to get in shape? And they're like, oh, I just want to get in shape. Or I just want to lose three stone. Why do you want to lose three stone? What's that going to actually make you feel like? Hmm. And a lot of the time, it, you know, you've got to dig deep and they're pretty awkward questions. But until you find, until someone finds their why, they actually want to get in shape, they'll, I always say, they'll find it hard to stay in shape, you know? So like... The, the, always the second question we ask, and I suppose you, you, you touched on a little bit there. It's always like, uh, wh- when did you first become aware of mental health? What was it um, then anxiety with you? Anxiety, that, yeah. Um, I can't say that I suffered badly with depression. Um, now, I, I would get down, but when I was a teenager, when I would suffer from my speech, and when I was bad, you know, yeah, I probably would have felt... Just, you know, and it, I kind of felt pissed off, kind of going, why me? Like, why? And, like, I used to meet, like, my cousins or my, like, people a lot younger than me. And even, even, even to this day now, like, if I'm speaking to my godchild who's 11, like, she can speak not better than me, but she can speak for an hour and not stammer at all. And I'm a 40-year-old man, and I've got a I had to, like, before this, sit down and visualize and plan, okay, breathe, relax to get into a state where I could speak properly. So back in the day, it was like, why the fuck, why am I feeling like this? Why did I get a stammer? And there's numerous reasons that you can get a stammer. Um, but the depression then kind of came on, like we're probably fast forwarding quite a lot here, but you know, we're able to go back if you want. Like the depression really came on when um, I stopped exercise. So I got a pretty bad shoulder injury during my bodybuilding days and um got a shoulder injury and had to kind of stop exercising for a while and as soon as i stopped exercising the kind of demons came in because i hadn't got that hour or two hours out of uh out of my day to de-stress and like if someone exercises they know how good and how bad they feel they know they know how good they feel when they're training and then when they're not training they know how bad that they feel so and especially as a personal trainer, I couldn't train. I was in a gym. I was suffering with shoulder injury and my knees from years and years of bodybuilding and really smashing my body up, to be honest. And, um, and I got it. Yeah, I got it. I really hit a bad slope when uh, the exercise was ruled out. I was taken. And again, I, all this uh, I spoke about in my own story uh, on my very first podcast that I done, I literally explained exactly my story, and I spoke about that. I started taking um, a prescribed painkiller when I was, or sorry, when I got the shoulder injury uh, about six, about seven years now, um, and I got it, and I was taking the painkillers, and the painkillers work for the shoulder injury, 
but they also worked for my anxiety and depression. They, they kind of calmed me down. They, and their, their, their prescription, they're called Tramadol. Mm. And they're prescribed for a lot of like back problems. I've heard people kind of get them for toothaches and stuff. They're a very strong pain yeah. but they're far from the strongest one that you can get. But of course, I got addicted. Uh, which I didn't even know. I was taking them every day because of my shoulder injury. And then I stopped one day and I was like, oh, I don't feel as good as I did yesterday. And then, I, and then I, it was only then when I took them again, I was like, oh, these actually give me a feeling of feeling good, clarity. Like they, you know, it's it's hard to explain how they make you feel, but they kind of make me feel switched on and stuff. And I was taking them and they worked great. Um, but when I kind of stopped the training um, and then I stopped taking the medication as well, you know, they, I I was masking some problems that just came to the surface, you know. Yeah. So I was aware of it then, you know, and, you know, I'm still trying to deal with it now. But, um, yeah, it was, probably, it was probably because of that. And that's why I'm such a big advocate now and on my social media now because it's a really, really tough time for people. And there's a there's a huge amount of people who are still exercising now, which is brilliant. But I see and I speak to some people who are like, I just can't get motivated to train because they don't have the social aspect of the gym. They're not going to a gym. And I'm like, trust me, I've been in a position where I've gone from exercising to stop, and it's not a good place to be yeah. in. And you're and it's only going to and it's only going to get disapproved for people because. The, the more time you're not exercising, the harder it gets on the old head, you know? Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. There's actually, um, and obviously, if I follow you on, on Instagram, there's 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 a side-by-side picture that you put up a while back. And yeah. I, I suppose the one, in, the picture on the left is what you're talking about. It's when you couldn't train. And yeah. you, you do mention that you'd, you were you had uh, depressive uh, thoughts and things like that. But yeah. then the, the one on the right, this is kind of the interesting thing for me. With The one on the right is obviously from your bodybuilding days. And I think yeah. ripped would be the right, uh, the right word for it. Like. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 but you also mentioned when you're on that side of things that uh, everything wasn't all rosy either. Like, could you just for, no, just for yeah, the people yeah. who haven't seen that uh, pose, could you just explain yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So, um, the, the obviously the picture that I was in <laughs> pretty good shape in, and that was when I was obviously dealing with that was my last competition. That's when I, I kind of moved from bodybuilding because uh, I wasn't big enough and I couldn't grow any muscle. And I'll speak about the extent that I went. And again, all this I've spoken about before. Mm. Uh, it might come as a bit of a of a shock to people, but you know, um, when I started my own podcast, I said, "Well, I'm going to be uh, as open as I can because." If you're not holding stuff back and you're literally explaining to people, I made mistakes, I fucked up, I was stupid, it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spoke about that to get into that to get into that shape. I had to take steroids, anabolic steroids for years, mm-hmm. and there's not many people who can get into similar shape without them. Anyone who you see is in that kind of shape. I'm not, I'm not going to class everyone on steroids in that shape, but 90 to 95% of people, unless you've got freaky genetics and build loads of muscle and get that stupidly lean, like 4 or 5% body fat, um, it's very, very hard. So the extent I I had to put myself to get into that shape was crazy. But going back to like before I started, before I started kind of 
bodybuilding, um, I kind of I got into it because I said I said well if I'm a if I'm a bigger version and if I'm and if I'm huge I'll feel better because um I get more attention or I will stand out which I did um and back then it was great now I'm the opposite <laughs> I like to just blend into the background now I hate to stand out so I got into that and um I always thought okay right as soon as I get bigger. I'm going to feel better. And I did it for years and years. And like some of you might look at the, some of the bodybuilding photos and go, Jesus, you were huge. Oh, I was only like 80 kilos. I, you know, I wasn't massive. Mm. And I tried, I tried a lot of steroids and a lot of dangerous stuff to get that big. And I got big, but I thought my physical health would improve. That was physical health improving. Probably not because the extent I was going, um, my mental health was nearly kind of getting worse. I'd feel amazing in the gym because you would look at yourself and you'd feel great. And then uh, I was living on my own for quite a period of time doing it. And you'd come home then and you're eating the same fucking food and feel very isolated. But that was my own choice because I love bodybuilding. Like I didn't only get into bodybuilding because I wanted to get bigger. I yeah. enjoyed the process. I enjoyed the discipline. I, I, I liked the results I got um, but I thought that by getting into this shape I feel great and bodybuilding shows came and, and like the, the depression I'd get after a bodybuilding show would be insane like there was, there was a time when I I think I blocked myself in my house for two weeks and I just I had to call in sick from work for two weeks because I had something to focus on for four months I'd normally do a diet for about 16 weeks four months of absolute like regimental diet training twice a day etc etc and i had my goal on that and then when that finishes and anyone who's done bodybuilding or physique competitions will kind of tell you it's the biggest anticlimax because after that is there's like you're like what do we do now and you you, you kind of have a break from training a bit like your body is broke up your mind is you know it's crazy and like I spoke about, uh, one of the was it one or one or two, I think I did it for a year. Uh, one of the times I was bodybuilding, and um, don't even know how I thought about this, but I was craving chocolate and sweets, like absolute mental. And I thought about, okay, right, what if I chew the chocolate and spit it out? I'm not consuming any calories, but I'm gonna get the chocolate fix. And I was doing that nearly every day, buying four bars of chocolate and chewing them and spitting them in the bin. Looking back now, I was like, it's just bananas you know what I mean and it's not right it's not right to be doing something like that I don't want to mock bodybuilding and stuff I'm completely out of it now and I know still friends of mine are still in it which is fine me personally it didn't do a whole lot for me it got me in shape it it taught me a lot of discipline which is good Um, because I now know like I always say if you can do a 16 week intense prep diet for a show like that you can push your body and mind to a lot of things because mm. you go through some hard places, dark places, and you get through them. Was it good for my mental health? No. <laughs> you know, so after the bodybuilding, I, I kind of, I said, okay, right, I'm not going to push myself to that extent. Uh, I didn't feel great during it. Um, then obviously fast forward then about two years, probably about a year after that when I had to stop training. Like I trained through a shoulder injury from my last competition I was getting physio twice a week and I was training. My physio said to me, he goes, look, if, if you weren't so far into this prep, 
I would be strongly telling you to stop because you have a shoulder injury, but I was training around it. Um, and then as soon as the show was over, obviously I got into a pretty dark place, but I couldn't train there. And then that was just like a double whammy. And um, I got out of shape. And like out of shape as a personal trainer is not a nice place to be because you're preaching and teaching the people about staying in shape and doing this. And now, yes, I was doing that for years, but at, at that current time, I was telling people something and I was doing the total opposite. I was I was eating on my own. I was binge eating on my own because I felt so bad. I was getting out of shape and I really didn't uh, pre, uh, sorry, practice what I was preaching. Mm. Um, but that, yes, yeah, so that kind of made me feel as bad. Um, so I had, I've been in an out of shape personal trainer and I've been in crazy shape and I've still felt bad in both areas. You know what I mean? So getting in shape is not always the answer. Exercising is, but not taking things to a big extreme, let's say, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and so maybe physique aside, I suppose, how did you find the, the, the happy medium between the two? Like, and, I, and I'm talking about for, for your mental health anyway. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of found that now, which is great. Um, and it took me, about 20 years to find it because uh, I, I I was always flat out training on my diet or then I'd kind of step off it a little and like back in the day like back in the day I sound like I'm about 60 here <laughs> but back then I was always right I can't let anybody think that I'm normal because people did think geez you're a freak because you're able to do this you're able to get that shape and Nowadays, bodybuilding is huge. Fitness competitions are massive. Back in the day, I was one of a very, very few. It was like one lad and put my iron and put my shoes. I knew it was a couple of lads from swords were doing it, but it wasn't very popular at all. People thought, this is crazy, which it is. To the outside, bodybuilding's nuts. Um, which it is, you know. You're putting on like a fucking G-sting nearly and stand up on stage with oil all over you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mental. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 taken me a while to kind of find. Okay, right, I will never be in that shape again, and I will hold my hand. I will never go there again. I train now. Now I'm still dealing with this shoulder injury. But what's big about that? Mm. I'm still I'm still dealing with it. I got like an operation on it two and a half years ago, and didn't do anything for it. And it's something still in there. But um, I can train. And um, I don't push myself to train six, seven days a week, four or five days a week. But I have a better relationship now where I can, like years ago, I was scared to eat any bad food. And even speaking about eating bad food, I was like, no, because I was a personal trainer. I I had to be switched on 24 seven. I couldn't let anybody think that I ate bad food or mm. I was struggling as well with physical health and, you know, for mental, like I hid my mental health issues up until two years ago. Um, and I dealt with them for years in silence, put on a good front, hold no one. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, I just I came to a point and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I was holding a burden. Um, it was just such, it, it, it was, I couldn't, I tried so many times to speak to people and speak out and, I still don't even know. Like people ask me, um, how did you just decide to tell people that you were struggling with depression and anxiety for years? And 
I don't know, a few different things were happening in my life at the time. And I was just like, I think I need just to speak about this. And um, I spoke to my girlfriend about it, but then the, like I spoke on Facebook. I just made a seven minute video on Facebook one day in my Jeep. And I just spoke about it. I just said, look, I've been suffering with this. And it was the, like, it was easier to do that than speak to people. And mm. because I was speaking to a camera, yeah. I wasn't face to face with someone Told the whole fucking world and oh, there was thousands and thousands of views on it. But the reaction I got was, and I didn't do the video just to be told, oh, fair play to you. I just did it to get it off my chest. Never thought the reaction, like messages upon messages of, especially from a lot of lads saying, Jesus, fair play to you. If you're able to come out and say that, you're, that you've struggled with depression for years and anxiety, I can or, you know, the, I, I you know, and again, a part of my job is to try to help people. And I think that I helped a lot of people uh, by coming out and speaking about it. But the relief and the stress that it took from me was insane. Yeah. Spoke to my girlfriend properly about it. She, you know, she didn't know. And like, I've always been pretty good at hiding things. If you've got a stammer, you can, you, tr- you try to hide it from people. So you try not kind of, allow people in or mm. and with depression I was very good at hiding it you know I put on such a good front and like I've spoken to plenty of people now with it and they're like we come across as the as so you know kind of overly happy because you're trying to put on a front and not let people yeah. in to think oh because the worst thing about having anxiety and depression is anybody knowing about it and then it's but as soon as you let people know about it it's the best thing because there's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? It's nothing wrong, but, and it's only becoming now, it's coming acceptable and, you know, to speak about and to be like, and like, I know the saying has been used, but it is okay not to be okay. You know, everyone suffers with something and, you know, our brains are a, are a tricky organ and they can go for you or they can go against you. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with them going against you. Yeah. I 100% agree. And I like, it's to think about you, you did the video. I did it through a series of blogs on, on Facebook. I put up blogs and stuff and I had a similar uh, reaction where people would come over and, and say like, you know, uh, fair pay to you. And again, it was that idea of I wasn't doing it for that reason, but I was, it, it was always nice to get that back, obviously, but it's doing it for, for different reasons. But so if we're talking about your, your business lifestyle, health and fitness, when, when did you uh, open that? We opened up, uh, not on an ideal time. Uh, we opened up, January last year. So uh, we opened up January 2020. Um, we were, I was in a gym. My cousin Brian owned a gym in Airside and Swords. Um, we moved out of that and something came up there that we had to go. They, the owners were scanning the building. So himself and myself decided because I was only, he was the, he was the owner of that. I was only renting the gym from him to do my own thing. Like we're two separate businesses. But then we combined um in November last year, or November 2020, or November 2019, and found a place in Concealy, Malahide area, and uh, decided to open up between the two of us and call it Lifestyle Health and Fitness. It kind of covers everywhere. Again, it's like you see some gyms call like Transformation Days or that. Mm-hmm. We wanted to attract people that literally are more in, in you know, interested in changing their lifestyle, and we covered everything, not just. You don't just come to our gym to get trained. You come to your gym to, like our slogan is uh, 
transform your body, mind, and life instead of just transforming your body because mm. transforming your body is not always the answer. And I know that. Um, so, yeah, we opened up in 2020. Uh, we were open for in 10 weeks, 10 or 11 weeks. We had to close down, obviously, due to COVID. Uh, March uh, moved all of our business online to Zoom training and Facebook classes. And um, that went really well. That went really well. That was from kind of middle of March till June, end of June, I think. Then July, we got outdoor training. Then we got indoor in August and had a good run out again till October. And then we were closed yeah. again for another six weeks. And then we got three weeks in December. Um, but we had a lot of hope then because uh, we were told, well, we were told they had said that, yes, there's going to be more restrictions in January, but um, gyms are going to be able to stay open. Mm. But then obviously we didn't know that the shit storm that was going to happen over Christmas. And so uh, we've been closed since. So we, again, that's what are we, six, seven weeks now mm. closed again. So and we will be till I don't know, May, maybe April or May. Who knows? Yeah. You know? yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to know. I, I just want to read out an ad here, uh, Drew, and we'll get back to it because I actually do want to uh, dip right. into a bit of the idea about Zoom and things like that as well. So, 100%. Okay, so um, Fusion Training Centre, Monksland, Athlone. A place to train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Centre or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Centre, train like a warrior. Obviously, as Drew was just saying, same goes for Fusion. The gyms are obviously closed at the moment, but mm. once we're back, it's. The, I think, like, what would you say? Because I've been, I've been reading that that ad out obviously since I started the podcast, but especially since the, um, you know, the COVID era, uh, and you know, people that have the idea that right once this is over, because January was is always that month, isn't it, where everybody's kind of like, right, I'm going to start doing something like, and. Mm. Um, what would you say to someone like because for me and I've told this story on this podcast a number of times but it's always worth going back to it because I think people are in similar situations and you talked about your own anxieties actually but when I was started infusion I was very anxious about joining the gym uh, I didn't know anybody in there you know you know yourself you think you're going in and everybody's going to be looking at you it's not the case but it's just in your head regardless like so if people have the idea of um uh, of going into your place what would you, what would the piece of advice would you give to them? People coming in, um, yeah. like the atmosphere, we like because we're a, I see, well, ours might be a little bit different than, than somewhere. Ours is a private gym, so it's mm. not a public gym. So if you're coming in, you're coming in to train in a small group or one to one. And we have to stop classes now, not saying we're not going to run classes again, but the size of we have a two story gym, but the bit that's, Boat rooms are not huge. Like we we have a lot of machines instead of just floor space. Um, and our classes, we had to pull our classes because of social distancing. We could only get seven or eight people happily and safely in a class. So we had to pull classes. But So our gym, someone is coming uh, to be a part of a small group, uh, personal training, or they're coming on a one-to-one basis. So, But going into any public gym, um, like I, as a personal trainer, I've gone into certain gyms, like some of the bigger gyms, and I've trained in them. And I feel, and that I've been training for years, but you go into some gyms and, you know, you see much big, huge lads or you see groups. And it, it is, it can be 
it can be very, very daunting. Um, and, you know, I like if someone is, and that's why I like our training model for people is because they're not training on their own. Um, I think like most people, unless you have a, a couple of years experience in a gym, need some sort of, and this is, this is far from a plug, to be going to a trainer. But everyone needs to learn about exercise properly. Exercising can be dangerous. And I've seen it. I've hurt myself. I've seen people get injured. None of our clients, thank God, over the years, I've never had one client injure himself badly. Thank God. But I see in some of the bigger gyms, people going in and just like exercising on their own and doing their own thing because that's it. But our kind of business model will be come and get coached, come and learn about exercising, come and learn about nutrition, come and learn about dietary lifestyle, etc., etc. And you will learn this forever. And then if you do want to go to some other bigger gym, you've got the confidence because most people don't have the confidence to go into the big gym and go, all of the machines look hard to use. I'm going to look stupid because I can't use that yeah. gym. So a lot of people go on the machines that they know treadmill cross runner and would stand there and do a couple of bicep curls because they can't because they can't really get them wrong yeah and like i myself i remember being in a, a huge gym before and it was some of the machines i didn't even use and i was looking at them going i'm not going near that now i would have loved to have gone near it yeah. but i was like i don't know how to use that gym or sorry i don't know how to use that piece of kit so i know how people can feel so yeah. you know if someone is feeling you know, anxious uh, about going to a gym, would I recommend going to one of the bigger gyms? Probably not. You know, go to a smaller gym, hire a coach, you know, go to a class environment, you know, that you're going to be thought Mm. and you're going to feel a little bit more comfortable in, you know? Yeah, oh, that's it's a great piece of advice, and it's one of those ones where I just rang Martin, uh, my coach, and I didn't know him at the time. I explained everything to do with my mental health, and this is yeah. why. And he was, uh, this is why I'm struggling to come in, but he was really cool about it. But yeah, there's like there is ways to do it, and it's tough for some people to do it. And you know, if you can, if you can just push through, I think if, if you can get there, I think it's helped me an awful lot, and. Uh, you know, I can't speak highly enough of, of just doing it and working out and whatever way it is, like there's many ways to do it. But um like I put I put up sorry, yeah. I put up something there, like people exercise, okay, for the social aspect, but people exercise obviously feel and like not many people love going to the gym. Okay, there's some people that do, but the majority of people, especially a lot of our clients that aren't like skipping into the gym, they're like they love skipping out of the gym because they love that feeling. And that, and that feeling becomes addictive. And then yeah. they need that feeling, which is great. Um, but this is a time that I speak from a social media about it too. Is this can be a time for people to start exercising and not have that feeling of going to a big gym. Mm-hmm. Not have that feeling that they're not able to keep up with everyone else. They're doing it in their own sitting room. They're doing it in their back garden, on Zoom, on Facebook Live, whatever it may be. So now is a chance where people can get fit, be accountable to someone to show up for a transit, get the coaching about nutrition and lifestyle and being able to train in their own home and then come six, eight, 12 weeks down the line when the gyms do open back up, you're a lot more confident, you're a lot fitter and stronger to be able to go into a gym environment and feel better. Yeah, so it's not like you're not starting from zero just then and there. Like, yeah. 
Um, you're starting home. Yeah, so so this is this is the thing that I want to talk about because I know a lot of people will have, uh, you know, a lot of people who have listened, listened to this podcast will have tried the Zoom classes. I've done them as well. But how is it for yeah. a coach doing the Zoom classes? How how different and how difficult is it? How different? It's, um, it's different. A lot of the time it's different for, for our kind of training because, as I said to you there, we have a lot of, of machine weights. So now we've got machine weights, we've got free weights, but we've got a lot of machines uh, which we find very effective. They're very, very safe. They're easier to use than free weights. Not saying that we don't use free weights. We've got loads of them. Mm. But for especially pe- people that we're looking to attract, who might not have been exercising before or, or who might not have loads of experience in training machines are great. So as a coach, a lot of the time I just stand there, you know, I just stand and I observe and I make sure that they're doing it right. And I coach and I teach. Um, but now, and I decide now again, I see some coaches doing their zoom calls and they're just either sitting at a desk or they're standing there. I do the exercises with them. Mm. Um, now, it has me in pits because I'm doing five sessions a week, five Zoom sessions a week. I do two on a Tuesday and two on a Thursday. And there's a lot of squats and there's a lot of lunges and stuff. And by the end of the week, my knees are in bits. But I really enjoy it. And I, and I find, and I've spoken to our clients, they're basically just following exactly what I'm doing. They're going. And do I like the thought of just sitting here like this? and staring at the clients sometimes i have to stop if i have a couple of new people and we have had a couple of new people start in the last few weeks i might not just be focused on, on the exercise that i'm doing i might be focusing on them a little bit more so i might stop but a lot of the time after a couple of sessions they know exactly how to do the exercises so there's not a whole lot of coaching involved in it and yeah. um, so it's I, I think it brings a lot more energy to to the Zoom class that I'm doing it. Mm. Um, so I like them. Uh, I really do. I tried to do a few like that I was just at the very, very start back in, um, geez, of March, April last year. And I was like, because I've got like a lot of energy, I like to be going. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, this is hard. I didn't enjoy them at all because I was sitting there yeah. just seeing the client. If I'm in the gym with them, I am... Um, over to them and I'm literally hands-on as best I can. Now, obviously, our coach and even since we got back in, personal training has become a lot different because mm. a lot of my coaching would be hands-on in, in obviously, a good aspect. <laughs> is like, you know what I mean? Is, is literally over go, okay, like, and any client would say to me, I used to use this. I used to be like prodding them in the shoulders, the back. Can you feel it here? Holding them. And so all that's gone. That's going to be gone for who knows how long because of the social distancing. So even coaching when we did get back was totally different because you were two meters apart. You were, And that's why like, I didn't take on a lot of new clients uh, even when we did get back open because they weren't going to get the full coaching experience because – I would be able to explain to them, but I couldn't actually be right beside them. So um, I I love that kind of side of the coaching. I enjoy the Zooms. Um, most of our clients are really enjoying them now, you know, but like, as I said before, people don't have, have much choice. They're not going to be able to train outdoors 
you know, obviously, hopefully coming into March and April, we might get a little bit kind of, you know, better weather and that people can maybe get out in jogs and stuff like that and maybe exit outside. But for January and February, you know, if you're not doing some sort of Zoom class or uh, Facebook Live class, you're not going to be really exercising. So, you know, it's, and I spoke about it on my Instagram the other day saying, your body and your brain doesn't know you're in a gym. So mm. if you're exercising to feel good, get the good endorphins going, get the good hormones flowing and that feel good factor, you can be in a, in your bathroom and you could be exercising. As soon as you walk out of the bathroom after 45 minutes, you're going to feel great. You're going to feel the exact same as you did walking out of a big fancy gym with all the equipment. Mm. Yes, you're not going to get the social aspect, but again, if you're getting on Zoom and there's a little bit of interaction between people. So, you know, um, it's, is it, is it the same? No, but can you get the same results? Yes. Can you get the same feeling? hundred percent. Yeah. Like a lot of the time people focus on the gym too much, but now our coaching side is, look, this is going to give you more time. You're talking three 45 minute sessions a week. Yes. They're important to show up to them, but the important thing is that how that creates a, good mindset it kind of flicks the switch of okay right i'm exercising now i'm accountable i need to then eat better i mm. i need to live better you know what i mean so it's it has such a knock-on effect exercising no matter what you do will make you feel better if you feel better you're going to be more inclined to follow you know a healthy eating plan like we're not looking especially at this time you know i'm not going too hardcore with our clients for diet i'm like look let's just look Eat, eat to feel good. Eat to be healthy. Don't comfort eat. I've been there. I've comforted. I've stressed that. I've emotionally eaten. But it doesn't have a good effect long term. And like I see people going, I can't go to the gym. Fuck it. I'll do nothing. I will drink more. I will eat more. You know, yes, it's causing that, li- that very, very small amount of time out. But it's causing huge health problems, you know. Yeah. And we are and we are gonna see that. And they're obviously saying now that people are suffering a lot from their mental health, and it's gonna be a huge thing coming out of these lockdowns. But physical health for a lot of people who are not exercising, drinking too much, eating the bad food, that's gonna have a huge, huge effect, you know. So it's trying to get people to kind of think, yes, we're in lockdown, yes, the gyms are closed. Is that stopping you from feeling good and getting results? No. Yeah. Not, and it's and it's it's as blunt as that. And I have to be blunt with people going, you just need to tell yourself, right, I need to ch- shift my mindset to I'm not going to be the victim of this anymore. I'm going to take control and take control of my health, you know? Yeah. I I, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this because mm. about fat, fat loss and, and that, you know, there's so much like information out there, like and and you know yourself, like when it comes to nutrition in general, it's just like a lot of it misinformation as well, a lot of confusing, conflicting stories about you know tomatoes are good one week and they're bad the next week. You know this yeah. kind of little kind of stories we hear in the in the press all the time. Like when you are uh, when someone asks you about it, because you this is something that you've kind of uh, specialized in. Actually, before yeah. I before I actually yeah. ask that question, like wh- when did you decide that you wanted to really focus on something like that? Um, well, I've all, I, I started obviously in the fitness industry as a gym instructor, teaching classes, showing people exercises in the gym. And when you're a gym instructor, you don't look at anything outside the gym. They just come in, you're 
an observer, you're a bit of a cleaner too, uh, but you're just showing people programs and you're in the gym. That was that was enough for a while. Then I was like, you know, there's only so much you can show people. Mm. I really wanted to delve into the nutrition side of it. And I did nutrition courses. And then when I started kind of, I did a, sorry, I did the gym instructor course. Then I went on and did the personal trainer course uh, after about like a year and a half, two years of being an instructor. Mm. So I kind of got my experience, got my knowledge of it. And then I went on and did it. And from that then, like I was one of, I'm not saying I was the first, but I was one of the very, very first to start these kind of six week transformations. And I got a friend of mine and I said, look, I'll give you three personal training sessions a week. Um, for free if you give me your utmost commitment uh, for six weeks and let's mm. get you unbelievable results. And I knew by him, he was like, he really, really had the desire to change. So uh, he was he was ideal. He did, if I, if I told him to go and eat fucking dog shit, he would have had dog shit for me because he, <laughs> he knew I was telling him what to do. He was going to get results and he got amazing results. Yeah. But it's, put a six-week transformation pictures up and I had a waiting list after about a month or so to, for people to come in because they were like, six weeks, six weeks. Now, it was hardcore. The diet was hard. The training was hard. Um, but the results were amazing. And to see people's basically confidence change, life-changing, um, like I say now that if someone comes to me, we're looking at at least 90 days to change someone's life and it's not just get them in shape i will help someone change their life forever because when someone's in better shape and healthier they're gonna have a better life for 100 yeah. percent. but the fat loss aspect it was just i knew how to get people results and like fat loss is not complicated you know, people complicated. And um, is there a science with yes, there is when you get to a certain level. So for the Joe public, and like you'll see it now on the, on, the, on these programs, Operation Transformation, mm. there's not a whole lot of getting someone to lose a stone or two because it's just like, okay, right, stop eating crap, eat this, and exercise. Your body is going to lose weight. For 95% of the people, calorie deficit, which is basically uh, burning more then your eating is going to is going to help you drop weight. But anybody can do that. Are they going to be healthy during that time? No. Anyone goes into any kind of diet phase, they're going to be cutting out a lot of nutrients. So you can drop weight, but not be healthy and feel like crap. So there's a so there's there's a fine line between that. So I, again, I look at okay, yes, we need to lose weight. Are we going to sacrifice? feeling good, having energy, and being healthy for that? Hell no. Mm. Did I do that in the past, years and years ago? Probably. No, I didn't say I... I'm not saying I tortured people, but I certainly... The the, the only goal was to get them in shape. And they used to, like, towards the end of the 60s, they used to drag themselves into the gym and they were really tired and cranky and tired, but they had this goal in six weeks. But... Now I have a, a, you know, a much broader mm. thought process. Okay, let's get you in shape, but I would prefer you to be healthy, energetic, feel great, instead of just dropping down to like yeah. a, a certain number. But yeah, 
I can go off on kind of tangents here, but the fat loss thing is, you know, it's not complicated. Is it hard? Yes. Mm. But there's so much information. There's so many different ways. So you're like, you'll hear people going into ketosis, paleo, you know, if it fits your macros, there's so many different ways to get into shape. The best way is the way that you're able to staying healthy and staying consistent and it being long-term someone can go into ketosis and uh, to do like a keto diet which is zero carbohydrates and will they lose more body fat than someone who, who's eating carbohydrates yeah will they be able to stick to it long term probably not like who the hell never wants to eat rice potatoes burgers yeah. ice cream anymore you know what i mean <laughs> if you do go ahead and do that but for the majority of people they don't and you know so there's there's different ways there's different there's different people who come in with different circumstances different health issues and but in a general people trying to lose body fat and weight it it you know don't make it complicated you need to find out the calories you're consuming the calories you're burning making sure they're good healthy calories 80 percent of them and and make it enjoyable have it and then it's consistency, consistency, consistency. And I did a video the other day on my Facebook. I put something up on Instagram last week saying, what's the hardest thing about nutrition for you? And 87% on Instagram and 100% on Facebook said, staying consistent. And um, so yeah, the two options were staying consistent and knowing about food. Mm. So I did a video on, on five things, why people are not staying consistent. And the first one was, and I think we spoke about this at the start, is people don't have a strong enough on why. So why do you want to get in shape? Why do you want to get into a size A? Or why do you want to have big arms? Why do you have a bigger bum? And until you have that big why, you won't stay consistent because it's not big enough. So it could be for overall health. They're also relying on, I'm going to be motivated. So everyone was motivated in January. Is that starting to go now? Yeah. yeah. So unless you're building good eating habits, lifestyle habits, exercise habits, you will run out of motivation in a couple of weeks. Nobody is always motivated. But as soon as the, as soon as you lose the motivation, if you've built good habits in there, well then they will stick to you and then you'll stay consistent. But so many people jump on a fat loss program and they do it way too quickly, way too um, hardcore, mm. let's say, and they do it for a period of time and it's too hard and then they stop and then they go back to where they were instead of like learn. And a lot of the, and a lot of the time this comes from doing it on their own. So not, um, not getting a kind of a coach or someone mm. to teach them, right? This is what you need to do. Like, I don't want clients. I've had some clients for years and years, which is great. But the biggest thing for me to, is to get people in for at least 90 days, maybe six months, and educate and teach them about nutrition, about exercise, about lifestyle. And then, then they should and hopefully be able to go and do it on their own. So yeah. they'll have that forever. Like, that, that actually answers the question I was lining up. But... I do want to actually ask about the mental health side of things is, again with that. Like you've been obviously very honest about your mental health. Like you said, you talked about it on your own podcast as well. And people yeah. will, will know about this. Do you think that helps um, 
people in there because uh, you, like you say you're a personal coach rather than trainer so like you mentioned there is mental health involved in that like do you think uh, that helps people be comfortable with you about their mental health and do you think that you are more tuned into that because of your own experiences yeah um i've had i've had quite a few people contact me about coaching over the years since i kind of came out and spoke about it and they because a lot of the time people think that personal trainers are these like and i portrayed myself as this person for years are these robots they don't they don't drink they don't eat a for burger they are on it all the time and i thought that i had to be this person and portray that for for my clients to believe and i was acting as a leader now i'm still acting as a leader to my clients and i'm still tr- hopefully a role model and i'm leading by experience here but um not always that like if i've come out now over here saying look i know exactly what it is like to be like and i always say that a mistake is a big learning curve and, and i'm glad i got out of shape because i was never in bad shape but then I was then I was like, okay, right, can I see it from the client's kind of side that I'm really out of shape, I don't have a lot of confidence, I'm going to somebody who is in great shape, are they gonna understand me? Now I've been on the client side of it and I've like I've had numerous coaches over the years to help with my own fitness because if I don't have someone to be accountable to, well then you know I need to be able to be focusing on other people's health and and other people's fitness and if i have someone who can not look after mine but that, that i'm a little bit more accountable to is a huge thing but like people coming to a personal trainer like me it definitely helps because i've spoken about and i speak about it from the office and look i know where you are physically and i know where you are mentally and it's the mental part that I can really, really help you with because I know what you're talking about. You know, it's like there's there, there's nothing more, um, you know, pleasable, let's say, that I can help someone get from the position that they're in to a much better position because I've been there. Yeah. I know what they're going through. And I'm very relatable to that side of it. So, yeah, like I definitely find that people have opened up to me a hell of a lot more, and which is good. Um, but I really want to try to help people on the physical aspect. Yeah. But the clients that like I used to only deal with clients who wanted to get abs, wanted to get shredded, you know, girls who wanted to get in great shape. Yes. Fat loss. But now if someone approached me and said, I want to do a competition, can you help me? I, uh, or if a client came to me now, I'm I'm extremely lean, but I just want to build and big muscle. I'm like, look, there's a, there's a, there's a better coach out there and I would literally pass them over because I want to focus on the, on the clients, not all people who are struggling with mental health, but the fat loss and the lifestyle change. If someone wants to get into crazy shape, that's not a lifestyle change. That's just staying on a plan for three, six, nine months, whatever it is. And then that's the only goal, you know? Yeah, and there's another thing you spoke about uh, recently, which I found very interesting because I think 
I've I've heard so many people talk about it, and it's just one of those things. And I think you mentioned it earlier on, without without going into it. Um, mm. it, it's a it's a most emotional eating. So, mm. can you explain what that is and how? What kind of I suppose techniques you would uh, use uh, to help someone move away from it? Emotional eating is it's probably the biggest. Like speaking to any kind of clients um, it's probably the biggest reason why people can't stay consistent um, and especially now it's a huge thing now because I used to get it and it's how would you explain it it's the it's the kind of it's the same as probably alcohol drugs and stuff it gets you out of your state of mind that you're in now it's not you don't have the have the longer term effect of alcohol and taking drugs but for the couple of minutes that you are eating food so i used to like not go to mcdonald's i used to go to like and get like uh, sandwiches and crisps and bars and stuff healthy-ish but i would eat loads and it it would just get me out of feeling down because everyone gets that feel good factor from eating food Uh, and it would take me out of that headspace that might have been now i wasn't doing it all the time but but i did i would turn to food um, at the weekends I might have turned to other things but during the week I would turn to food and it would make me feel good but then after it would make me feel bad because I would feel oh, why did I eat that yeah. but at that time it is extremely hard if your body or sorry if your brain is used to having this feeling and then on the other side knowing you can get out of this feeling and into this one by eating food no matter how much you want it, your brain is very, very strong to drive you to that. So um, how I tell clients now to deal with it is that, look, until you deal with your emotions and your stresses, you are not going to stop emotional eating because your emotions are much stronger than your, than your drive to eat well. You will just crack every single time. So again, um, a part of the video I did on, on the five reasons why you're not staying consistent was that you haven't dealt with the emotions and with the stresses or the reason why you are eating on your own. You're going to the fridge at night time and just eating mindlessly kind of mm. eating food. So until someone deals with like, I dealt with the emotions, I still emotionally, I still eat when I'm extremely stressed but I don't do it a fraction of the, of the amount of time that I used to do it because I now have dealt with the stresses, the emotions. Am I, am I perfect? Absolutely far from it. But I, but I now know, okay, right, if I'm stressed, I do some breathing techniques. If I'm feeling down, I do the same. I do like breathing techniques, which aren't always the answer, but I used to just reach for food to get me out of that kind of mindset. But how I say to clients now, look, until you, I'm not saying everyone has to go and speak to a therapist, but if you have all these emotions going on and you're extremely stressed, you need to deal with them mm. before you can deal with the food. The food is not the issue. The food isn't forcing you to eat it or it's not telling you to eat it. Yes, we all enjoy junk food some more than others, but it's not the food. It's the reason why your brain says to you, go and eat that food. You need yeah. to eat that food now. And until you sort that out, you will never, ever stay consistent with a diet. 
there's a uh, uh, needless to say, there's quite a bit of psychology that goes with all this. Um, and like, is this something that uh, is psychology something that you're interested in in general, Drew? Yeah, I'm getting more and more into it. Um, I've started to read like a lot more mindset books. I'm reading the book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. I'm reading Atomic Habits. Um, I'm reading into and like that book, Atomic Habits. If if any other listeners are are kind of in a, a position where they're just always or sorry they're finding it hard to stay consistent and um, atomic habits to try to create new good habits is amazing so i'm really trying to delve into mm. that aspect of it because it's not only now right go and exercise and stop eating crap and eat better it's just and especially now people's lives have flipped upside down and I'm taking a lot of the spare time I have to try to learn about the psychology. Would I like to get into the actual psychology end of it? I'd like to get into food psychology a little bit more, maybe. Um, the other areas, probably not, because I've suffered myself with it. And I would, I don't think... Now, I can speak to people, and I've spoken to a couple of people who have suffered, who have reached out to me. And I'm look, all I can tell you is this is how I used to feel. This is what I've done. Mm. I spoke to people about it. I visited a therapist twice a week up to once a week for six to nine months um, and it definitely helped speaking about it definitely helps but yeah the psychology end is it is I don't want to say mental because it it is but it, it is there is so much to it, it it's why like yeah. the big thing about now is like why do someone or why do people do certain things why do people don't do certain things that they know they should be doing it's just blocking their brain and stuff so yeah i'm really kind of interested in it so i'm gonna self teach myself over the next few months by reading books and listening to certain podcasts uh, is it an area down the line i do i like to talk to people about issues and why they're not doing it i love the physical training part of it with people but as I get older now, I'm kind of realizing that the exercise is only a very, very small part yeah. of the puzzle. And it can only help in what you're doing anyway, you know. Um, tell us so a, a bit about your podcast. When did you start your podcast, Drew? When did I started a podcast in lockdown. So like a <laughs> few good things have come out of lockdown. And like I tried to speak about the positives and the good things that have come out of this last yeah. 10 months or whatever we're in, because there is a lot of positives. Yes, there's a huge amount of of negatives but why would you want to talk about the negative things i don't understand it i've spoken about on my social media anyone that i see talking very very negatively uh, about the government covid this blah, blah blah i've taken them all off i've just i don't and that might be me being selfish or whatever but i just don't need to see it i need to yeah. see positivity all the time and it's so much negativity out there and like i see people on facebook kind of arguing about this and you're like man the world is hard enough. Stop mm. getting in arguments. But yeah, so a good thing that came out of the pot of the of lockdown was a podcast back in I started it in April of last year. Right. Sorry, the end of March. I had been thinking about it for a long time. I used to record videos on Facebook, and you probably know yourself, you don't get as much interaction on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I need to have a better platform and um, my girlfriend was on me, you should do a podcast, you need to do a podcast. I'm like, I know, I know, but being extremely busy, I didn't have the time. And then when it kind of came to the end of March, I was like, oh, boom, this is the time to 
to do a podcast. So I um, there's a funny story on my first episode. I start, I I said, okay, right, I'm gonna do it. Um, I was training one of the guys from from the band Scotland, who was the drummer Vinny, right. and he had he had his own podcast. So I contacted him. I'm looking to do a podcast. What the fuck do I do? And he said, okay, right, you need to get the mic, our recorder. He said, if you're going to do it at home, we need to try to kind of create like a little bit of space for the sound, etc. So the grant is to just tell me what to buy. I'll buy it. So bought the mic, bought the stand, blah, 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 bought the recorder. Said, right, my first episode is going to be my story because if I'm going to get people on, it's called the the, the True Hennessy Let's Talk podcast. Yeah. And the big thing was that I wanted to talk about, yes, mental health, but everything, everything mm. else. So I didn't want to just say it's, only a mental health podcast, it's everything. And I got a huge amount of guests that spoke with different aspects of life. But first podcast I actually recorded here where I'm uh, sitting here now and oh, Jesus, I put like blankets on the walls and build like put a base I like a troll over me here and I was recording like this. And I was like, and I said, right, I'm just going up to record it. And I, boom, I had it all set up and I recorded it for like an hour and, I think my first one, an hour and 15 minutes. And it was my first time talking for that amount of time mm. on my own. I didn't have to like, oh shit, I like I didn't have to stop. I just literally did it in the first take, recorded it. And after I finished, I went down for a walk, put my earphones into the actual recorder. So I was kind of on the recorder. And, um, <laughs> and I listened to it and I was like, oh, sounds all right. Like I was happy with it. I was like, whoa, I'm not speaking about this, that. It's recorded. Yeah. I'm going to get it out there. And I just posted it on Anchor and it, and it was up and I was like I was listening like, this doesn't sound as good as other podcasts but I had like a fancy mic fancy recorder I had covered and I was like oh. anyway um, I recorded a second one here as well that was that was okay and um, still the sound wasn't great anyway I got put in touch with uh, a fella called Dan Campion who runs his own Podcast, the Primal Podcast. He has a podcast mm. studio, literally two minutes, about five minutes from my house. And um, I went up to him, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is the idea I had of a podcast being in a fancy studio, class." And I was like, "Oh, right, I'm going to record them here if it's okay." Grand. Then he said, "Look, he said you're the first two didn't sound great," and I was like, "Oh, I was, I was doing it anyway." I brought the recorder, brought the mic down to him, and showed him I did it. Going, yeah, you didn't actually have the microphone turned on. I, no way. I, I recorded into, do you know the way, like on the little recorders, they yeah. have like two tiny, tiny, you know, microphones. Yeah. I was speaking into that, but I was speaking into this fancy mic that I hadn't turned on. So, oh, bad. Uh, so after I heard that, I was like, right, Dan, I don't need to be dealing with this. I want to go into your studio. I want to record it, and I want you to do everything else. I can talk. I'm pretty crap on technology. Um, so yeah, so I started it and uh, it was great. I didn't know how many episodes I was going to do. I didn't know if I'd enjoy it. Mm. Would I have enjoyed it as much um, in the office up here? No, but the studio was great. I was able to get guests. And it was like, other guests were living in 5K. Uh, I did one. The first one I did was on Zoom like this with mm. um, Rory O'Connor. You know Rory Stories? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did it with him. Um, and then the rest of them were in person. Um, people came to the people came to the studio from all walks of life. 
health, fitness, uh, music at the two lads from Coldline who I trained. They were on. They both had issues-ish uh, with uh, with anxiety and mental health, or they right. dealt with people that have. Um, I've had I had so I ended up doing twenty five episodes and I finished it up a uh, couple of weeks before Christmas and took a break. Uh, I was planning on starting season two um January February, but okay. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till I can get guests. Yeah. Um, to the studio now. I am going to run a four or a six week solo podcast mm. one. Um, here. Uh, at home, uh, I'm hopefully going to be able to turn on the microphone this time, <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to do my own. Now, I might get a guest on Zoom like we're doing now, yeah, like we're doing, like we're doing now. Um, but I'm going to do a lot of them solo, and then I'm going to hopefully plan for for season two to come out then uh, when all this brilliant, restriction. yeah, like it's 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 brilliant, and I like I started this very much as a mental health podcast and. Like my coach Martin said, it's slowly started turning into something a lot bigger than that. You know, obviously I do address it in every episode, but it's it's much yeah. more than that now. Um, so, Drew, when you're not, you know, working out and helping people, uh, you know, achieve their goals, what do you like to do in your in your spare time? I've been asked this question before. And <laughs> I was asked it before, and I was like, oh shit, I am boring as hell. And um, when you're on your own business, and I run my own business, even. Before, Polos and health and fitness, uh, and with a, with a pretty big client base, you are very hard to switch off because you're mm. always on. You're always and a big part of our coaching is this is the support network that they get outside the gym. So I am um even that the gym is closed now and we're doing zooms. I am working on the business, mm. but what I do like in my spare time, I like to go for walks. I like to get uh, before. I stopped getting into the sea. I started getting into the sea last year, early last year, probably just on last year. And I did it probably two or three days a week for for or sorry every day, um, up until I think I got in the first week of December, and it was really really cold. And I was like, ah, I, it's too cold for me now. There's yeah. still people getting in now. Like I know two of my friends were getting in this morning, and I was like, mm. oh, he's fucking mad. Um, but I used to do that. Uh, I like spending time with my dog, with my girlfriend, going for walks. Um, yeah, I, I thought it's nothing really like I like. Yeah. I've really kind of got into listening to podcasts mm. and reading. Um, I find it hard to switch off, uh, right. and it's something that I'm working on a lot. Uh, I nearly feel guilty when I'm like watching TV or playing PlayStation for a bit. I'm like. Should be working. I've got this to do. I've got that yeah. to do. So it's something that I'm working on, and um, but it's been driven into me for years and years of running my own business. But I do on a Sunday. I love to watch football. Huge Aston Villa fan. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. My yeah, brother's yeah. my brother sports Villa. There you go. There's, yeah. there's two of us. I know. There's actually there's actually more and more. There's more and more people that I speak to now. And um, so yeah, so uh, I love watching football. Uh, and I love like, like podcasts are a big thing. Like I listen to different, different, different podcasts to pick up some information. Like I always like, like I don't read books that I can't actually learn from. Okay, and it's that's that's probably stupid because if I'm reading, I'm like, okay, right. Well, I'm taking a bit of time out for myself, but I'm also learning something. Yeah. Like, I always like to learn something 
that I didn't know yesterday. I always like I I always make it my business if it's picking up a book, if it's picking up a podcast, even on Instagram and Facebook, you can mm. literally pick up something that you didn't know yesterday, which which is a big thing for me. But yeah, I kind of switch off by watching football, spending time with my girlfriend and my dog. I, I, I had to put my girlfriend there because she will definitely be listening to this podcast. So <laughs> that's good. You, go. you, you got it. <laughs> Keep her but- I, I should have asked when it comes to the podcast. You can find that like is that Apple, Spotify, the usual. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um the Drew the the Drew Hennessy Let's Talk podcast. You get it on all podcast platforms. Um, I upload it to Anchor, and then that uploads everything. But yeah, mm. Spotify and Apple Podcasts are probably two are yeah. are the two favorite. I haven't gone to YouTube yet. I haven't kind of gone to the video side of it yet. Do you do the video ones? No, I, I'm actually on YouTube, but I just put up the 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 you know the the sound. Uh, but I probably will eventually. Like it's one of those things yeah. where I'm thinking about maybe just cutting clips out. Even like uh, like you said about your mate who knows all about the technical side. I have yeah. someone on this as well. We, we're a double double act, but he does all that yeah. kind of stuff for me. And we're we're thinking about maybe doing that along the line. But it's not a priority, you know. It's just we'll uh, I thought I thought yours gone on YouTube. I can pick me now, now can I? I'll pick your nose, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going on YouTube. I was acting very kind of, I was sitting up straight and everything. I could be lying down recording this. <laughs> but listen, Drew, how can people find you um, online? People can find me online uh, on my social media platforms, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm Drew Hennessy Personal Training. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jesus. Uh, Drew Hennessy PT on mm. both. That's my kind of personal one and then lifestyle health and fitness um on instagram and facebook i have a website uh just truehennessy.com um and have a lot of information on myself and the business on that uh, and then as i said yeah my podcast is the drew hennessy let's talk podcast on all available platforms brilliant uh hang with me for for a minute yeah. uh until i end so i want to get a quick photo but it has been a, a pleasure chatting to you drew and uh we, thank you for having me on man no we, absolutely we appreciate it's, it. it's been great having you uh, and to learn about all this stuff and for uh me to be even picking up pieces for myself you know just need to Go like on, certain bits and pieces but um i'll close this yeah. out i want to say thank you yeah. very much to john uh for the old technical wizardry um Obviously, my mum, my dad, my granddad. Uh, Jer and Calvin, obviously, special shout-out to them, too. Uh, like we were just saying there, I'm on YouTube. Uh, you can subscribe to the channel, if you like, the Weekly Weekly. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, same tag. Uh, Spotify, Apple Anchor, all those. Uh, Google Podcasts, all those ones. Um, as always, thanks to everyone for uh, listening to the podcast this week. And we'll be back to you next week. And again, Drew, it's been uh, it's been great. Thanks a million, man. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. We'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Bye.